Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. And welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. The best in the business is back in business. I'm your host, Michael Bauer, and joining me, we got the main crew. But before we get into that, I want to take a minute and talk to you about one of the most exciting ways to play fantasy football, and that's DynastyOwner.com. At DynastyOwner.com, it is as close to being a real NFL GM as possible. Manage your salary cap and build a team within its confines. Orphan teams as well as new teams are available now for purchase, and rookie drafts will be starting in May with a 24-hour clock. So come to your skill at dynastyowner.com let them know that the guys at the dynasty rewind sent you we greatly appreciate it and joining me like always we got pork man what's going on pork man i'm doing great uh just happy to be here to talk about some more rbs with the boys all right happy to have you and always happy to have Shevin. what's good chev nothing much uh so we had a big old emergency at our apartment the other day about a week ago i forgot to tell it on the pod but i walk outside and there's a freaking helicopter just hovering right above us then I walk to the gym and go work out, literally guns blazing on somebody's apartment room. So uh, I'm a little nervous. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Oh, all right. Well, That's scary. Uh, we'll, keep, we'll keep our ears peeled for that throughout the podcast. Hopefully we make it through and hopefully you make it through. But um, joining us as well, we got Nate Christian. What's up, Nate? Hey, you know, I love talking running backs. This is what you know was my favorite part of last year. So I'm just glad we're getting past these big guys, and we're going to get into the smaller guys next week and this week. And yes. I love it. This is the stuff that I love. Like we all know the main guys. If you're on fantasy Twitter, which is um, you know, kind of a, a vindictive Toxic. place to be. At times. Don't say that AJ Dillon doesn't have talent. <laughs> Dude, get do roasted. You not. Do not do- this guy hates his podcast, there. He really does. Should I should I let him back on or just? Oh, yeah, we'll see. Troy King checking in. Troy King might be Porkman's replacement if Troy King has working internet. We'll have to find out soon enough. Um, but yeah, Nate's right. I love talking about the lesser known guys, the guys that are going to give you great value in your rookie drafts. So uh, this is where you need to be. You also need to be over at DynastyRewind.com, Patreon.com forward slash DynastyRewind, exclusive podcast, written content, and a group chat that even sometimes I check in on as well, which we know I don't like doing that. Uh, Troy King, Porkman, but on that struggle internet, let's see what Pork at. Pork, what do you think about this comment on the screen? Bro, first of all, Troy, I'm coming for you, bro. 
Is it? I don't know what's happening right now. What happened? Do you hear me? <laughs> oh no! I can hear you, but you're not. You're real laggy. Uh, yeah, it's nuts. I'm getting a new computer tomorrow anyway. All right, cool. Oh. That's good. Hit up Best Buy. I hear they have good electronics yeah. there. I get it from anywhere at this point. <laughs> they sponsor now. <laughs> if they want to, my DMs are open. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll take a Best Buy sponsorship, but uh, you know who will not need a Best Buy sponsorship after the NFL draft? That is Travis Etienne, running back from Clemson. He's five foot ten, two hundred and five pounds, and in four years at Clemson, surprising a lot of people coming out uh, this year instead of last year. He played in fifty-five games, six hundred eighty-six carries for four thousand nine hundred fifty-two yards. He averaged seven point two yards per carry, seventy touchdowns. 102 receptions for 1,155 yards, 11.3 yards per reception, and eight touchdowns through the air. So if you want to talk about production through three quarters of a game, Travis Etienne is your guy. And I'm just going to kick it off by saying I do not hate Travis Etienne. A lot of people think I do. I do not. When I rank prospects, I also factor <laughs> to, uh, you know, what is their internet connectivity going to be like? Um <laughs> Things like land ports and whatnot. I guess I'm going to order some other stuff for Porkman's computer too so we can get a straight up hooked in connection. But um, perceived ADP is something that I think about when I rank a player as well. Um, Porkman did make a good point. He did say Michael Carter was like Travis Etienne with good vision. It's true. His ADP is going to be better as well. So as good as Travis Etienne is and as productive as he's been throughout his collegiate career, there's a few things I don't like about him. And I don't think his vision's that great. Uh, that's my main concern about him, but that's kind of a big one for running back. But uh, we'll get into what else I think later. Chev, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on Travis Etienne? And also, I just want to know, after that, do you think he should be the running back one in the class? There's a lot of people that that are saying that he could be running back one. I want your thoughts on that. Yeah, I definitely do not have him ranked as my running back one at all. It's always been Najee Harris, um, even up to this point. I've never changed that. So still staying with uh, Najee. I know Nate loves Javonta Williams. I think he might move him up to number one, uh, depending on what he has to write uh, for some other people. Uh, but no, I do. I think Travis Etienne, uh, his vision, his struggles in that, I think he's just trying to play way too fast. Uh, so when he gets handed the ball, man, he gets shot out of a cannon, it looks like. I think sometimes he doesn't let the line do its job. He just breaks it up right before that even happens. So I think if he just slowed down a little bit sometimes, I think it would be a lot better for him. Uh, just like you said, that vision is a little bit suspect just because of that, I think. I think he just wants to be so fast and so agile and hit top speed as fast as he can. So I think that's where the the chaos of his vision comes into play. I do. I think he has good hands. I think they look nice on the on the film. It looks like he can do some stuff after the catch, too, especially if he's in open space. Uh, so, I mean, if you're watching the Ohio State game in 2019, I think he had three catches for like 98 yards and two touchdowns. So. I mean, he's just one play away from giving you 16 points or maybe even 17 points at all times. So, I mean, he's somebody that can break it open. His speed is uh, what is best about his game. I think everybody knows that. Uh, but if he, if he can figure out some of his vision troubles and just kind of slow the game down a little bit and then hit the holes, I think he's going to be a lot better. Uh, he's not somebody that I see that is going to be breaking a whole bunch of tackles. It just seems like if one guy slips him up, it's most likely over unless he hits that spin move, man. 
His, he spin moves all the dang time. I'm not as sure if I'm a big fan of it, but I think I think it will work uh, for the next for his career. I mean, he does good things. He finds the end zone in the red zone. He finds the end zone. That's what he does best, I think, too, is with his speed. I mean, when he's in the red zone, it seems like he slows down a little bit uh, and makes those cuts a little bit better. He looks more elusive to me in the red zone, finding those holes. So I think Travis Etienne is going to be a nice player. I don't know if I really want to draft him before Michael Carter, Javonta Williams, or um, uh, Najee Harris at all. So I'm probably going to hold off on drafting Etienne that early. Uh, but I mean, if he's falling to you like in the second round, if you get that lucky, I mean, he's definitely going to be somebody that you want to get targeted. I'm probably seeing him in a one QB league, probably going mid first or end of the first, just depending on what you need. Cause the wide receivers are so good, but I think Travis Etienne has a chance to do good things. Uh, but he's got some stuff to work on, like you said, Mike. Yeah. Nate, and uh, okay, so we are in agreement that you're not putting him at, at running back one. No. Okay. And Nate, you aren't either? No. Okay. Um, on Travis? Yeah. So Travis Etienne is my running back two. Um, I do have him over Michael Carter and Javante Williams. I think he is a bit of the same thing we're seeing with Trav- uh, Trevor Lawrence is that they're being overanalyzed as prospects now. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been around for so long and they've been so good for so long that you know we're searching for every single flaw we can find in these guys. Um, Travis Etienne is still very, very talented. Uh, I, do see, I do see on tape the issues with the vision. You know, sometimes he just runs in a straight line and just keeps going that way, for better or worse. Um, but he is one of the most athletic guys in this class. I know he said 5'10", 210 pounds, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, looking at recent pictures of Travis Etienne as he gets ready for his pro day, I mean, he's he might come in at 220. I mean, the guy is looking really thick, muscular, and you know, for him to be able to keep that same speed and like get bigger, I think that his size was the only thing really holding him back from being you know, super elite. Um, I felt like at 5'10", 210, he kind of played almost a little below that size. But if he got up to 220 and he was able to have a bit more power behind his game then i think he could really take that next step and be an elite prospect um but like i said athleticism ridiculous he can go zero to 100.2 seconds um and i liked his vision overall i think he could struggle with his patience behind the line of scrimmage but he's so elusive and he's such a good playmaker he's always able to find open space he's able to split defenders and get to the sideline break the edge I mean, he does all that you want for that big playability. Uh, that's why he's getting some comparisons to guys like Chris Johnson, uh, because he has that big home run threat ability. And uh, in the in 2021, in football these days, you need to be a good receiver. And with his playmaking ability plus his receiving ability, um, he's going to make some team very happy because he's going to score touchdowns on the ground. He's going to score touchdowns through the air. He's going to be a weapon. One of my concerns is I want to know if he can handle a full workload because he only ever played really three quarters with Clemson always being ahead. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't yeah, really saw you really saw him going over like 17 carries. Like it was always like 14, 15, and then he would get his in the, the passing game. I mean, if, I mean, if he can get 20 touches, there's a good chance he's going to make one huge play. Oh, yeah. And if, if he busted open, good luck trying to catch that guy. I mean, it's yeah. just like another guy we're talking about tonight. If he gets, if he's able to hit the hole and get open, he's gone. But I, I think, I mean, I think he, 
you got Nate. I think Chev's right. Totally right. If he can get 20 touches a game, 20 plus touches a game, you know, say like 15 carries and five receptions. I mean, Travis Etienne, if he gets 20 touches a game, he's, he's going to be a easy running back too with a lot of running back one weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has just, he's electric. And so I think, yeah, we had these same questions about DeAndre Swift last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have another question too. Do you think that it would be better for a guy like Travis ETM to go to a good team as a luxury pick that has a guy there for a year so he can kind of work his way and work on his deficiencies like his vision? And I know that people had you know said that his pass catching was a deficiency in the past, but he clearly worked on that. But Nate, go ahead. I think what you just described, um, you know, like how Miles Sanders had his rookie year with Jordan Howard. Yeah. I think that'd be a perfect, I don't know what landing spot that is exactly, but that would be perfect for Travis Etienne to be able to go in and not be the two, but be the one B of a committee um, with a guy who's more power back and be able to work off that. And by the end of the year, you know, take over that lead role and be going into year two. Houston. They did just resign David Johnson. So he's slotted as their one right now. That would be an ideal spot for me. Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yeah, they don't have anything up there. Sure don't. Yeah, yeah Pork. Do you have anything to add to Travis Etienne? Um, from what I miss, I'm gonna just you know just tell you what I kind of think about him. Uh, for me, honestly, as you were saying, if he does get those 20 touches, he will break one. But my issue is, will he break one? Uh, I I think just more of his skill set, he relies too much on his speed because when he gets to the second level, he really doesn't have another move. Um, in the ACC, it seems though he was just overpowering um, secondary. He was just bouncing off of him, doing um, little spin moves and just taking it to the house. So it was just I would just say don't don't get too caught up in all the glitz and glamour of ETN with the speed because if he doesn't have like a dead leg such as um, DeAndre Swift did. Um, I'm not really too sure if he can um, if he can flash and, and be that, that workhorse back that everybody wants him to be. Um, and then he at that point, he might just be a third down back. Okay. All right. So that wraps it up for Travis Etienne. Um, Seth Robinson from the Back Road Cowboy Show saying, you'd be a good fit in Atlanta. I like that See, spot. I originally liked that. But I believe the Atlanta new offensive coordinator is the guy from the Titans, right? Mm-hmm. And they like to run the rock. So I don't think it's as good of it anymore. Before that hire, I liked it a lot. I thought like halfway through the season, I was like, oh, Travis Etienne to the Falcons is perfect. You know, Matt Ryan can dump off. They can use a guy who's quick like this. Mm-hmm. It would be a lot of fun. But now with the new offense for next year, I think they're going to be looking for a big back. Um, I don't know if they're going to maybe – I think free agency is probably a better spot to find what they're looking for than the draft. For, uh, Cause you know, Matt Ryan is coming up on the end of his career with the Falcons most likely. So I'd say if I could pick a name, Chris Carson, who's now going to be hitting free agency. He would look really good with the Falcons for one year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a Melvin Gordon style contract, yeah. maybe to two years. No, I, I like that. That'd be good. Um, all right, so let's move it on a little bit here. And next we're going to talk about Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. People all over the place on this guy here, but he's six foot, 208 pounds, 
And in his three years at Oklahoma State, 33 games played, 585 carries for 3,459 yards. Although I do want to tell you, of that 3,459, 2,094 of those came in his sophomore season. He averaged 5.9 yards per carry, 33 touchdowns, 53 catches for his 479 yards. I didn't put the average down, uh, but he did have three total touchdowns through the year. So Chuba Hubbard, who's the lowest on Chuba, Chuba Hubbard here? I guess we'll start there. Mm, I'm not really – I really don't know anybody else's ranking, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, he is – He's currently my RB8, so I don't know. All right. We'll just start with you, Nate. How's that sound? All right. I mean, I think, I think I'm think i kind of in the middle on Chuba. I'm not super down on him. Um, I know some people had him as their running back one for the class coming into the season, and I get it. I mean, he's been – he had a really bad year, and it definitely soured a lot of people's opinion on him. His flaws were ousted. Um like what he was supposed to be working on and then, you know, showing that he could be better at just went downhill this year. Um, But for me, I think he's a track star at the end of the day. Um, I think he's a good running back. I think he could be a decent running back, but I think he's much more of a track star than a running back. I think, you know, he's got that crazy speed. He's got that crazy acceleration. He can break off the big plays much like ETM. We just talked about once this guy gets in space, he's done. Um, he's going to make those big plays, but the vision's not there. The patience isn't there. Also, I wasn't super happy with his power. I thought he should have been more powerful. He he's lighter than Travis ETN, but two inches taller. So he definitely needs to add to that frame, you know, to be an all around back to be someone I want to give the ball to every down. And also, I think he just needs to also get better as a receiver. I didn't see much in his receiving ability except for checkdowns. So I think I see why people like this guy. He's uber athletic. He's talented. It's for sure. You can see it on the tape. You know, this guy's a step away from being a great prospect, but he just didn't take that next step. He just didn't evolve to be a better runner. He needs to be a better runner. So he'll get he'll get uh, good draft capital. Okay. Day two pick. Do you have a spot in mind that you'd like to see him go to? Uh, I don't have a spot specifically, but I think day two, he's he's definitely going to be picked by the end of the third round. Okay. All right. That That's pretty good draft capital. Chev, your thoughts on Chuba? Chuba? Yeah. Chuba Bubba? No, I think he's <laughs> one cut away from doing the same thing like ETN can do. I think he's just one cut and he needs to go. Um, like Nate says, he's kind of soft when he gets around tacklers, which is very annoying because he actually does have pretty decent size from what I, I believe I remember. So that, that's definitely a downfall for him. Uh, his speed is definitely the best part about his game. He has good vision, I think, as well to possibly break it open. But I think he has sometimes the same struggles. Like he just wants to run so fast and get going that sometimes his his patience is just not there. So I think that's definitely going to be his biggest holdup as well. Um, there's a couple times too where me and Porkman are watching his pass blocking today, and that guy literally just—he literally stood there for one play and did nothing while he got hit by another guy. So this mm-hmm. guy is—he's the nail and not the hammer, and that's not something that you want as a, even just in an NFL standpoint. Like you don't want a guy like that to be a, in there on third down, kid. If he, if he goes to Seattle, he's getting Russell Wilson killed out there. So like. That's huge. And Russell Wilson's already complaining about getting sacked, which he had the point. But 
you just don't want that guy to be getting that kind of contact, and he's just not blocking. So I think Chuba has potential to be really, really good, especially with how much speed he has. Uh, but it's going to take him, I think, sitting in a role where he's kind of learning for the first year, maybe on a an aging veteran's contract where that guy's going to be exiting the next year. So I do like Chuba. I think he has good potential, and he's got good pass-catching ability, I think. But there's just some things about his game where he's just a little bit too soft, and he braces contact. So, like, he's not looking to bounce off of it. He just wants to brace it and take it down easy. So. 2020 yeah. was a bad year for him, and it was just a bad year for OSU, too. Like, their line sucked. Their atmosphere sucked because Gundy scandals during the offseason. So, him and Chuba actually got into it pretty good as well uh, during the offseason. So, uh, I was definitely surprised Chuba came back after all that happened. But what are you going to do? Chuba came back and struggled with injuries, and his offensive line didn't do too much to help him. But I think he's going to be okay. Jeff, what you said to I, I wrote down on here. Um, <clears throat> he breaks arm tackles, but he's not overly powerful for his size, and he'll need to put on weight. And he's also not great after initial contact, minus the arm tackles. Yeah, you know, I, I just thought that um, he, he could, for being six foot, two hundred eight pounds, I just think he could be better. And in the red zone too, he, it's not like Etn, where Etn can use his shiftiness a little bit. That's just not a, a power in uh, Chuba's game. It's just not there for him to make those plays that what ETN's doing. He doesn't have, like, that knack for the end zone when he's that yeah. close, and he's not going to bulldoze his way in there most of the time. He may fall forward, but he's mm -hmm. not being that presence. It's almost like A.J. Dillon last year. We watched A.J. Dillon take it easy sometimes and not run through contact. So maybe Chuba has that has whatever A.J. Dillon has. I don't know. We need to talk to those guys and see if it's just a mental thing or what. But, yeah, I think the big difference between ETN and Chuba, I mean, there's a lot. But one of the yeah. biggest ones is with their athleticism. I say, yeah, Chuba's talented. He's athletic. But he's a straight line runner. He's a track star. That's what he is. That change of direction, that lateral ability is not there yeah. um, at that elite level. The speed is, the burst is, but – Moving laterally, it's just not as smooth as guys like ETN. Can you talk about the hips for us, Pork Man? Yeah, yeah, he got he does have tight hips. <laughs> it's just just straight, straight tight hips. And like for me, honestly, it's just more of I think he's more of a scheme fit. So when you um when he does make that work and he's a one cut runner, he just has to go to the right team. Anything else to add, Pork? Nah, that's it. Because y'all pretty much hit on you hit the hit the the nail on the head on everything. Well, Steph and I were just <laughs> hit the yep. tube on the head. Yeah. So yeah, because me and Chev were pretty much watching tape before this, and he pretty much said all I was going to say. It was just more of us like a scheme fit for me. All right, I hear you. And uh, all right, well, let's move on to our last guy. And Porkman, while we're moving on to our last guy, check the private chat, please. And that is Jamar Jefferson from Oregon State. And he is five foot ten, two hundred and seventeen pounds. A little bit harder to find some. Where where are we going, Pork? Are you? I'm here. Are you using I'm, your phone? I'm using my phone. I have to. My freaking mm. computer is doo doo. That's the pork vision. <sighs> all right. <laughs> all right. So Jamar Jefferson. Uh, from Oregon State, played three years, 27 games, uh, 514 carries, 2,923 yards. He averaged 5.7 yards per carry, 
27 touchdowns, 43 receptions for 299 yards, averaged seven yards per reception, and two receiving touchdowns. That is it um, through the air. So he does everything good, doesn't do anything great. Right. Right? Yep. Yeah, you're right about that. He's fast. That's yeah. it. He, I mean, he's a little, he's a little bursty. He doesn't but he's not. I want to say though. he doesn't have long speed, right? Yeah, he's not no, breaking it open for a touchdown. Like he in the even in the film that we watched, like the runs that he had, he busted them open, but he got caught. So, I mean, like he gets there, but I was watching. <laughs> I was watching his film and I'm like, okay, this guy has a little bit of burst, but at the same time, he can't get to the edge. You know, right. he does have the long speed. He's not athletic. And I'm like, writing my notes, I'm like, big play is not his forte. Like, he's not very good at making big plays. All of a sudden, dude runs two like 80 yard touchdowns in the rest of the game. I'm like, what? Doesn't make sense. It's not, that's not, that shouldn't happen. Um, I don't, I don't see athleticism with this guy at the next level. Um, he just doesn't, have the speed, doesn't have the burst to, you know, rely on that. I'm not saying he can't succeed, but he can't just rely on his athleticism. Um, he does have good vision. He's good size. I like his frame. He has decent power. And I do like his contact balance. I do thought, I did think that he was very good with that. You know, he didn't go down at first contact. Uh, you know, ankle biters didn't get him. He uh, did pretty good with leg churn. So, that's what I'm calling it, leg churn. <laughs> so with our, 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 our lingo is nuts in here. I love that. He gets there, but he just doesn't get there. And that's a Chevin Nooney quote right there. I love it's a it. a Michael Scott quote right there. That was, <laughs> that was from The Office, I think. Yeah. Uh, but overall, Jamar Jefferson, he just doesn't do it for me. You know, I have him graded out as just like a serviceable running back. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, I, don't, I don't see the upside here. I think if he's on a good team, and he's the backup and get some touches here and there, or if you have the starter go down for a game or two, he can come in and be relevant. He might end up being more DFS relevant than actual fantasy relevant for you. The only thing I have to add, Nate, you hit the nail on the head. He's fast. He doesn't have elite top end speed. He burns linebackers and not defensive backs. Mm -hmm. So he can get past the defensive line and the linebackers, but Nine times out of ten, I saw a defensive back chase him down as long as they were in good enough position to do so. Mm-hmm. That That's really all I have to add to him. I mean, I like him. I think depending on landing spot, I'll look to add him late in my rookie drafts or if he slips to be a free agent, I'll take a shot. And he's definitely worth a taxi stash, I think. To be I'll honest with so. you. Yeah. yeah. I think his best part about his game is everything behind the line, I think. His vision and his reading of the blocks – I mm-hmm. think it's incredible. I think he just has that patience, sort of like a Le'Veon Bell type like that. I think he can read it and go through the hole that he's supposed to go through. So I, I think he's definitely got that going for him. If, if nothing's there, he's not going to get very much. But if the hole is open, he can do some damage. I mean, he's, he's falling forward every time he gets down. And he makes people pay sometimes, too. He's not going to get taken down real, real easy. So I think he's a good prospect. But like you guys said, I don't see, like, He's not like an elite. He just does everything. So he just does it good. That's that's it. So what you're yeah. saying is he gets there, but he just doesn't get there. <laughs> Sometimes exactly. he doesn't get there, but he most of the time he does. Well, I feel you, I feel you on that, Chef. Because, I mean, I really do like him. I like the way he runs in between the tackles and his vision, like you said, is, is pretty great. But when it comes down to it, 
he's just he's a great college player, but he'd be like a mediocre NFL player. Uh, I, I see him as a third down back somewhere. And like you said, Mike said, I think he'll be more of a taxi squad type of guy. I can see um, him. Like Mike was talking about him being almost like in an Alexander Madison role where he's like the second guy there. I think that could definitely be serviceable for him. But I don't see him ever being the guy unless an injury or so. So that's 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 where I'm at with you, Mike. I think we're on the so same page. What I'm going to recommend then is, you know, when Dalvin Cook, like he's – Doubtful for this week, you know, but then he ends up playing, but you don't know that ahead of time. And everybody is throwing the world at you to get Alexander Madison off your team. If he's in that spot, you take it, you smile about it. And then when he goes out and he does 12 carries for 20 yards and a fumble, you smile about that too. Well, Madison did that to me the one week. 12 carries for like 37 yards. (laughs) Okay. All right. We'll do that. So, um, Do we have anything else to add? Because we do have a uh, a question from a, a viewer here. No, I think we're good with Jamar. All right, Jamar. Uh, so this is uh, JBCHO knows. I don't know how to. Sorry. Um, thoughts on Khalil Herbert, Nate? I'm going to kick this to you. Since you're a Devi guy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Khalil Herbert. He was a graduate transfer out of Kansas. He went to Virginia Tech this year and did, did really well. Um, he is gonna he's gonna kind of be like that Zach Moss ish player. Um, PFF loved him. You know, PFF loved Zach Moss last year. Um, Khalil Herbert's a very good runner. Um, he's great vision. He has good size. He has really good NFL size. Where he's not too big, but he's not too small. He's thick frame. Um, he has a little bit of burst, but he's not. You know, uber athletic. He doesn't have good change of direction. Um, he's not great top speed, but he's a good runner. And he's going to get decent draft capital. I think the NFL is going to like him more than the fantasy community. And I think he's going to be a guy that um, is going to probably have a similar role that we just talked about with Jamar Jefferson, where he's a number two somewhere. Um, but I think Herbert is a guy that, given the opportunity, could be – a really annoying running back because he would be good. Um, if say like, say for instance, the Steelers don't draft Najee Harris in the first round and they draft Khalil Herbert in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. I'd probably like Khalil Herbert as an NFL runner more than Benny Snell or Anthony McFarlane. He's just a solid runner. He's not going to give you a lot of passing game upside. He's not going to break off big plays, but this is a guy that could go out there and have, you know, 20 carries, for a hundred yards, you know, just, I mean, not a lot of 10 plus yard runs, but a lot of four and five yards, six yard runs. He's a guy that could be very serviceable uh, if given opportunity. So like I said, he's going to be more liked by the NFL community than the fantasy community, but he's probably the guy you want to get at the end of your rookie drafts because he'll get the opportunity at some point. Um, Annoyingly. So he'll get the opportunity and then you can either sell or, you know, ride it for a week or two. I uh, did just look forward. We're actually going to be talking about him in two weeks. So that's not this next upcoming week. That's the week after. But next week, uh, Spotlight might be on our very own Nate Christian because we're talking about Puka Williams next week. So be still his heart. It's going to be it's going to be a good one. Are we excited about that, Nate? Yeah, I'm excited about Puka. I hope uh, Ziegler shows up and watches. <laughs> we'll, send him, we'll send him a link. I'll send him a link because I'd love to tell him that he's trash right to his face. 
fantastic. So all publicity is good publicity. Yeah, I mean, he never responded when I told him he was trash. So it's okay. That's great. Um, Well, that's that's it. You know, we said we were going to keep some of these shows a little bit shorter, and there's nothing wrong with that. We we hit it home pretty good, I think. But before we go, uh, Chef, I believe you have something for us, like always. Yes, I do. So we're going to be in Psalms 119, 105. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Uh, so I kind of look at the Bible almost being my playbook uh, that guides me how I act, how I am supposed to live my life. Uh, so when it says your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path, uh, what I get out of that is the word is going to lead me in the right direction. It's going to give me guidance like a lamp would. A lamp gives you light so that you can see and you can see where you're going. So I think the word in the Bible, if you guys dig into it and there's something maybe you don't understand or maybe it's something you really do understand, uh, there's always questions that you can ask. It's always good to talk to somebody about it. Um, But I think uh, it's just like a playbook, uh, like an NFL player would follow. It guides them in the right direction and it leads them to where God wants you to go. So uh, that's kind of where I see it going. Uh, it's a lamp to my feet, uh, and it guides me in the right direction. So that's what I got for tonight, boys. All right. And Chev, oh, I've got to make sure. All right. I almost always, they need to not put um, exit solo layout and remove from stream right on top <laughs> of each other. Because every time I almost remove you from the stream, and it's not it's not on purpose. It's just too close to each other. I actually do that at work a lot. They have save and delete all right on top of each other. Um, so it's really not good when you just spent 40 minutes doing a long repair order. Uh, but that being said, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Please make sure you check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind. Lots of great stuff over there. Uh, new mock drafts dropping every Monday. Uh, pound sign mock draft Monday on a YouTube channel. So head out over there. These guys all do a fantastic job with the mock drafts. I can say that um, I usually don't have a hand in that, but uh, you don't need me for that. You guys are killing it. So make sure you subscribe, turn the notifications on, tell your friends. And if you have any teams that you want looked at, we will do a team audit for you. We'll have a bunch of the guys get together. Who's ever available. We'll do an audit. We'll make a video of it and upload it to YouTube. So not only helps you, but it helps the rest of the community too, because you can kind of look at different teams through a different set of lenses here too. So uh, make sure you do all that subscribe rate and review. And until next time, Porkman, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at FF Porkman. All right. You can find him at FF Echo Man for right now. And uh, Nate, how about yourself? You can find me at Nate NFL and putting out content. And Chev, how about yourself? You can find me at Chev Boyardee, boy with an eye, but the Bears, you just tagged Allen Robinson. Go make a deal for some kind of quarterback that is going to help us out. Please, pretty please. So we can get this guy happy and maybe get him under contract too. Yes. And I would like to say that um, almost everybody has changed their Twitter handles to be really specific to their identities, but there's one that's just a little bit lacking. Um, Nate, I think I have a good one for you. If you ever want to change it, we'll talk about that after the show. Wow. I I changed it once. Yeah, I was, I thought he was going to talk about his new name, not yours. Always. Oh, yeah, you can see it. It's up on the screen. It's at Rewind CEO if you want to follow me there. But I'd much rather you follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. Until next time, everybody, be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Next week, we're coming at you with more running backs and a Patreon show about linebackers. So sign up. You won't want to miss it. We'll see you then, everybody. <laughs>